You're listening to, yeah, well, that's just like your opinion, man. The Big Lebowski podcast. I would call it the monthly Big Lebowski podcast, but I've missed a few months because sometimes I just don't feel like doing this, you know? And I abide that feeling and I don't do it. Plus, I'm running out of people to talk to about the Big Lebowski because I have a very small circle of friends. But anyway, I hope everybody enjoyed the Dude's Day. I myself took the time off work to watch some slacker movies that were recommended to me by the people on the Reddit forum. Had a great time. At the end of the day, sealed it all off by watching The Big Lebowski with Adam Bird. Adam Bird is a professional satiricist, though he wouldn't want to call himself that because it's a grandiose title. He is also an independent filmmaker and a guy who has a credit as a writer on the BBC, so, you know, I consider this a get. And he's also a friend of mine, so he was more than willing to come on the show after only three or four months of asking. And we talk some pretty interesting theories, man. Uh, dissecting the relationship between the bowling team, what got those guys together, what it is that that's meant to represent when they are together. Some more talk about the religious symbolism of bowling and all sorts of great stuff you're going to find as you listen to this episode. So anyway, uh, before we get into it again, Adam didn't really do a good job of plugging, but his stuff can be found on Vimo, Adam Bird, B-A-A-R-D. And as a writer for the Daily Mash, his articles are about the Daily Mash is basically like the English version of The Onion. So, you know, it's accessible. Retweet that shit, send it out, read it, and appreciate what what good work he does do. Because he's not going to tell you himself what good work he does because he's a humble man. And he also needs to work on promoting his own stuff more. But I'll have a word with him about that later on while you listen to... The Big Lebowski podcast, the monthly Big Lebowski podcast that isn't all that monthly. Yeah, well, that's just like your opinion, man. Enjoy. <laughs> Amazing stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely stuff. So, Adam, uh, yeah. as, as a big fan of the podcast, I'm sure you know how this goes. <laughs> like uh, wrong, yeah. Where do I know you from? How do I know you? Um, Jesus wept. Uh, we, we did a radio course That's together. it, yeah. yeah. A radio course. For the kids at home who may not know what a radio is, it's like podcasting before the internet. Yeah. But there was also it, internet. There was internet and there was radio and there was people talking. So, I don't know. It's much of a muchness, really. But, yeah, um, we, uh, we met on a course. I personally had zero interest in radio <laughs> or doing anything. I only radio. did it because I thought they might give me some money while I was there, and they didn't give me any money. Well, while see, I was there. you were you were hugely misled. Yeah. I was, I was, I went into it without any prior thoughts of that. But in hindsight, you know, it was, it was, it was a course. Just some love of the CV. Just, I don't think it's a good point on the CV anymore. To be honest, I've completely forgotten about it until you said that. I was like, where the hell do I want to from? But it was, it was yeah. worth it for those, uh, you know, those business connections we made. Oh yeah, <laughs> huge business connections. To, I uh, me holding boom mics for you on projects after it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've, so you've, there you go. You've you've, you've you've certainly proved your weight in something. <laughs> as is Mike Milling. We also met as him has Mike Milling. We just yeah. drop his name in there, you know. He, he'll he'll be on this one day. He'll be on one day. Just, one one day. Just harass him like you've harassed me doing it, and then. You know, there's an episode of the podcast. Another uh, one in the tin, yeah. Another one in the tin. So, that's a million dollars. <laughs> so holding boom mics on uh, the projects that you make, because you are uh, a man who makes films. I am, and it's of, of sorts, yeah. So as a man uh, who makes films, what do you think of The Big Lebowski? Yeah, a film? It's, 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 <laughs> it's, um, I, I, I like The Big Lebowski. I like The Cornbreds. Okay, like, that's uh, it. Thanks for listening, yeah. everybody. So let's wrap up this week's show. Well, next week's show, we'll outside. But you're like a dude who watches like all like our house stuff, though, aren't you? You're like this like 
indie cinema, cinema guy. I, I have Marvel movies. I don't waste my time by those. That's true with the Marvel movies. Um, and it's true about the rest of the stuff. So <laughs> thank you for stating some facts. Um, but no, I think, yeah. Well, it's not wrong with Marvel movies. I just personally don't watch them. I, don't... I think you're the highest brow brow that we've had on so far yeah so well, well say, listen at that list from before i think i'm certainly the, the highest um i'm amazed if any of the people before me know the coen brothers are to be honest a lot of but, them didn't man yeah yeah so but no yeah i think the coen brothers are probably like that okay like, you, know, you, you think? catch yeah coen brother watching a, a marvel movie yeah they probably would but who knows maybe they'll listen a, right they, now they yeah, do cool. you think they're sitting at home watching the Three Colors trilogy? You know, or... brief segue into a review of uh, the Three Colors trilogy by Christoph Kazowski. Um, I watched Blue and White. Um, and the, the, I've seen the trilogy before, but I watched Blue and White again, and now I've got Red there. Um, so I'm gonna watch that again, and they are in- incredible films, very, very beautiful films, and a lot better. I'm assuming. Doing films about With superheroes Spider-Man. and Spider Man. <laughs> always the Spider Man Superman are always the first ones that jump to mind, which is I don't know, maybe because it's such a limited pool of ideas. Yes, it's the, they've got the best marking. Uh, you know though the modern cinema is is like a you know it's a committee making thing and they don't have time to a horse bike committee would be a camel. There you exactly. go. That's so what we're saying is you're not missing much by not seeing them. No, I don't think I am. That's why I don't watch them. Yeah, I mean I've, I've seen bits and I've seen some, and I think they are. You can watch them in a cinema. It's a good night out. Mm-hmm. It's a good sit there and you know the the whiz bangs, clicks and whistles and all that. But I don't know. Do you think like indie cinema or art cinema needs to be seen on a big screen to be appreciated? Sometimes I think if you go back to people like Charlie Chaplin and stuff like that, I think the the you can only watch them on a big screen or on a projector or, you know, I don't think you know Charlie Chaplin when he made the Gold Rush or anything like that ever, you know maybe he did but you know m- maybe seeing people watching them on a mobile phone or a screen that small I think with stuff like Laurel and Hardy and all the kind of the, the silent movie stuff it's it's made for the big screen and you're meant to be able to see it in that size and that scope and I think some indie films you do Nebraska was a great film that just popped into me for some reason I think that was a kind of a big screen film yeah I think Kislowski made big screen films just Roma was probably right a big screen now, film man. you know well yeah that's why I was bring it down with Roma uh, I, well, I maybe he's heard of Roma Cohen's is probably the end of my like well Cohen's and Kurosawa are like my AS level film knowledge What's that, that's that's it that's what I was that's what I got kicked out from I, I know of art no, cinema it just doesn't interest me but the big Lebowski interests me well I think I watched a film recently called Lech and the Dogs which was it's a really interesting piece of cinema and it's based on a true story but it was that, that was kind of the borderline for me that way you go this is a bit like an art installation mm. and it's not as it's not as much you know, fun. That's the way to use. Kind of segue in this back to the Big Lebowski. What about yeah. like films that are, like have this indie approach to narrative where nothing needs to happen? You know what I mean? Oh, well, I think that's what's interesting with the Big Lebowski is I think there's the way I kind of see it, and it is you kind of break it down a little bit and you look at what the where the ideas came from, the kind of etymology of it, I suppose. And when I look at it, I kind of go, well, "What's probably been the initial idea there? The initial idea has probably been." how you could scam a million dollars from a charity fund and you could go well we'll, we'll do a kidnapping and that's how you go well that's pro- that might be the original idea there who knows and then you go well who would do that who would the perpetrator mm-hmm. be why would you do that and then you kind of build the film from there and i think that's why the dude character 
probably wouldn't have been the first thing to sort of. It probably wouldn't. You probably wouldn't go. Oh, you got the dude. You got the idea for the character. Let's build a film around him. I think he's probably kind of came a bit later into the the thought process of it. I think anyway. But you know, he's based on a real person. Yeah, I think I've heard you say that before. Yeah. Who's who's he based on? Uh, he was one of the producers in the movie. He was just in a, just a fella that they knew. He just had all these weird stories. Just some guy, like, <laughs> like meeting the guy in the Iron Lung and stuff like that. So they were just like, oh, let's uh, put that in the movie. Oh, okay, uh, that's you know, uh, yeah, that's. Rody for Metallica thought they were a bunch of assholes. <laughs> ah, ah, yeah, yeah, to- totally, totally believe that and see that. But I, th- I think that's the that that for me kind of feels how it works, and I think. You look at John Goodman's character where you go, okay, he's... Because I know there's, I think there's been something said with the idea that maybe the, the dude is never really there. It's one of the crazy-ass theories that, that, that Donnie is the, the one they say is like a ghost who's never there. And Donnie is? Yeah. yeah. I can see it with the ghost... Uh, not the ghost, with the dude. I can see it with the dude because it, there's almost a sense that each of the characters represents... Um, because it is about war which is something when we watch it we say the mm-hmm. idea that you know it's be, one weird thing about the film is that it's set in the past and that's something I, I didn't remember about it I didn't didn't go oh yeah it's, it's set actually in the some period in the 80s I think but it's about war and I think I think probably it's a layered thing I think you come up with the idea of okay uh, some sort of kidnap heist scam or something like that and then you go okay what can we do with that what can we put on top of it who can we put in it and I think then you go well. It's about war, and it's about America, and I think it's. I think that's what it's about anyway. I think when you look at it, and you go well, you know, John Goodman's character speaks a lot about being in Vietnam. Um, we see footage on the TV of a war that was going on with George H.W. Bush or George Bush Senior. There's a bit of dream scene, scene later where he gets served his shoes by, by big Saddam, yeah, yeah, by a clear Saddam Hussein um, impersonator. So it's it's. I don't know. It's it seems like whether well, maybe it's about America, America, uh, maybe it's about America after the Second World War. That that seems yeah. to, you know it's America's approach to war, and the characters kind of represent different things yeah. within society. And that's why I think the, the dude and the uh, the old cowboy, I think, kind of represent that because even though when you sit down next to each other at the bar. You don't really know each other, but you talk to each other like they do. Mm-hmm. You both, you both seem to represent being, I don't know, part of the ether in some sense. Where I think, because that guy with me in a cowboy, he's kind of, you know, the dude. A dude is a is a cowboy term, or where it comes from. And I think that maybe he's there to represent America as as it was the modern America, um, as it was born mm-hmm. of these kind of cowboys, and you know, it's which way it could went, and the dude represents. A more kind of um, Eastern philosophy, or a more, yeah. you know, he's slightly more. You know, he's not of that world. He's not of of this world, even though it's set in the past. So it's like America as was and as is, or America yeah. as could be. Yeah, I've, I've kind of noticed that in a few films I've watched recently. Because you kind of, I think it's it's an interesting thing for certainly for American filmmakers to look at. Because you, you see it in like Color of Money, which I watched recently, which Martin Scorsese film, mm-hmm. um, which is the. I think it's an official sequel to The Hustler but it's got this kind of sense of which the big Lebowski has in bits this sense of old America versus new so you have people like the cowboy who seems to represent that kind of the chance of the past and I think then you have these kind of in the big Lebowski it's the kind of the because the thing I noticed is the, the guy in the Iron Lung is this kind of that he's he was a writer for the show but I don't think it's a Branded. real show it's a real yeah. show yeah 
Cowboy Chalkers just seemed like it was maybe a reference to another show, but it's like it's that kind of cowboy era again. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of referencing that. And that's the kind of like Walter was such a big fan of it, and look what he turned out to be. Yeah, yeah, he's been kind of fed this idea. So maybe, maybe the the references of having uh, the dude talking to the cowboy ranch dude is a kind of is a nod to say. You know, maybe there was opportunities missed in the past that maybe could be changed or only changed in the future. Or maybe it's just them saying, well, you know, they chose the wrong way. They chose the wrong path. Hmm. This is something we talked about a lot of podcasts. You can go back and check out episodes where we talk about, like, you know, the American ideal and yada, yada, yada. I'm really busy. (laughs) Talk to the people at home, not you. You know, the people who care. but something I noticed this time round at the end, like because Walter is a Amy Mann's in it. We noticed that, that as well. <laughs> yeah, there's Amy Mann's in this movie. The real Amy Mann. I don't know. I mean, she she looks a bit different. Well, she looks different. She speaks German, so it's not on us to notice. Yeah, yeah, just, I've never watched the credits for that long, I guess. Yeah, that's yeah. That's and they didn't point. use any Amy Mann songs in it. No, that's that that that's song, that version of Viva Las Vegas that plays at the ends could have been played by her, but it's played by a band called Big Johnson. Maybe she just recorded that under a pseudonym. Huh? 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 <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, the point I was making, uh, Walter is a dick to Donnie all the way through, isn't he? Yeah, he and is I, up until that, that that kind of the scene up until of the end. And as as I've hypothesized before, like Donnie represents the American public, and Walter is the great American war machine, and he's always yeah. like shouting them down when they're asking questions. But at the end, when it gets to a conflict, that's when Walter speaks up for him and like pats him on the side and says, "Don't worry about it. I'll take care of this." That's actually that's a good. I've point. never thought about that before. Yeah, yeah. I think that's. I think there's definitely something in that. I think. One thing we noticed was the kind of is the um, is the pedophilia element. Oh of, yeah, of, of <laughs> Johnson Soro playing Jesus um, and the guy who's with him. It's called Liam. Yes, he is. <laughs> and Liam Seamus is it? Yeah. And he's well, he's got Seamus written on his bones. Ah, nice. Well, and so there's the idea that because the only person who really would hang out with Johnson Soro's character is another paedophile and mm-hmm. he's obviously you go okay that guy is pretty basically a beast so there's that like kind a stretch, of but there's, like, there's other stuff there to back it up like the team behind the dudes team when they're bowling is like a group of old Asian dudes yeah and then it's seen after that it's a group of old ladies so it is like people who have similar backgrounds bowl together so yeah well I can see that it, it supports your theory but then it also raises the question what is it that brings I'm not sure Walter... if it supports my theory <laughs> <laughs> what is it that brings Walter, Donnie and the dude together because they're so like different well this is where my theory that I, I don't think it would have came I don't I think the dude would have came into it once he kind of came up probably with the the, the the John Goodman and Steve Buscemi characters I think he would have came up with them and then probably thought alright who's the third guy for this and then as is often the way the third one's always most interesting so gone alright actually maybe this is his story maybe this is he's the one because like if you say do you mind if already came up with the idea of the cowboy at the bar you know who's the narrator then you've got them two pulling this job so you've kind of got the film you can you can take the dude out of that film and it would it still work it'd still work yeah. it'd still be it'd be probably more of a heist movie uh, but I think it would, it would still kind of work so I think that's that. that's the feeling I get from it that maybe the dude was kind of added into the mix a little bit later but it, you know, it works. There's also a theory that you can take out all the stuff about the rug, and it still works as a movie as well. Oh yeah, definitely. Because the, the rug is just a. Because when I was watching, I was thinking, what's the, what's the relevance of the rug here? Because the thing they really say was it is that it brings the room together well. It ties, it ties, it ties the room together, together well. but it's also a thread that ties the plot together because there's so many disjointed ah, scenes. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's that, what I say. That makes sense. Actually. But it's yeah, one really of the would. things that 
I've not had many people on this that didn't like it, but the one person who did said like it was too there was too many plots going too many different ways. Like it was hard to keep track of what was happening. That's probably something I used to think about it, but I think it's it's actually more of a case of the plot is actually quite simple. The plot is simple because it's just about a, a heist that goes wrong or a um, a ransom that goes wrong. But I think what's confusing about it is when you have lots of different characters and types of scene. So you have kind of musical scenes that. I'm not a huge fan of, but they're interesting to watch. You have these kind of musical things. You have people talking in very strange accents, which yep. I think is probably disconcerting for, for a lot of audiences because you've got Flea in it and the Nihilists and they're talking German. You also have, um, uh, what's, his, what's his name? The guy who's playing a scouser in it? Knox Harrington, the video artist. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it's just, I mean, watching that scene, again, going back to the idea that it's maybe about America post Second World War, maybe, or, you know, whatever it is. Is the kind of idea I think of 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 putting a character in there who is clearly doing a scout accent, clearly clearly being from Liverpool mm-hmm. for some reason, is the only real reference I can think is that maybe he's there to reference the Beatles, and that's a, uh, you know, because that was obviously a big had a big impact on Western society, yeah. on society as a whole. So maybe he was a reference to them, maybe he's a reference to Lennon or just the Beatles as a whole, or that idea because he comes into it saying that I'm around art, and there's a weird connect. Well, there's a weird kind of reference to. The nihilists being Kraftwerk, because mm-hmm. um, the album cover is very similar, yeah, and it's something called to Autobahn, say, and you know, it's about like how music culture influences actual culture. So like, Walter's time is like the buzz cuts, and the you know, yeah. you know, American like flag waver and do what you say, go to war because your country says it's time to go to war. Yeah, and the Beatles show up with their like long hair. Yeah, and people like like yeah, they look like women, and but then it inspires this weird art culture that follows with it, which is what yeah. is a video artist, and then you've got craftwork that come after that. Like that's the reason why on the Autobahn, like thing, like the the LP cover for their band, they're, like they're wearing like makeup. And it's like the dudes ah. in makeup face, so it's like the thing after that, which would have been a bit before. That like seventies. Yeah, yeah. So I mean. But when is the film set? Is it? It's it's a uh, fucking hell. The, the date's sure there you know. somewhere. It's it's. It's, it's in the eighties, isn't it? Yeah, so yeah. maybe it's just a lead up to that. In that sense, mm. it's a it's a lead up. Well, to when did men start wearing makeup? <laughs> I don't know. There's there's something well, there. Maybe there makeup. is. Maybe there isn't. I don't know. Who knows? Uh, what else? So, dude is a protagonist. You know, you behind that. Yeah, I think yeah. he's. But he's also a. I wonder. He's not an anti-hero. I think an anti-hero is someone like, um, what hood. Recently, with some no, Liam shakes his head. Did uh, Liam shook his head and looked at me and just goes, um, "Now it's a it's a Paul Newman film from 1963, I think. It's beautifully shot. It's a beautiful film. But he plays um, Hood Bannon. Like his name is, he's always cowboy minded so. me. And it's, it's a great film. But he plays a real anti-hero in it, and you, you go, yeah, he's he's not a nice person. He does, but he does bad things, um, and that's an anti-hero. And I think whether with the dude, I don't think he is an anti-hero because for everything that's put on him, he just he either doesn't care or he tries to get out of it. He's, he doesn't engage. It really, well, he maybe does. He engages when there's money at, at, at um, well, yeah, financial possibilities. But at the same time, he also puts all mm-hmm. that on hold to go bowling. Well, like, he, he says like if he gets a beep during the league game, then he's not going to bother. Well, that's I think the bowling's got to have a a, a clear meaning as well the bowling has got to be I mean my thought on the ball beforehand was that it's kind of each lane or maybe the league is probably a bit broader look at it is each kind of lane or each team is a different ethos and has a different thing and so, so oh, bowling okay. alley is just this kind of 
a bunch of ethos is all bowling and just all all bowling. <laughs> Sounds kind of my thought yeah, on the bowling. Yeah, there's, there's definitely something to the bowling part of this. It's like how they... We get into like the the religious aspect of it. How like it's this like the Zen thing of Zen is just the practice of doing the same thing over and over again. Okay, like it's, yeah. it's waking oh, up, yeah. doing your meditation, doing your thought process. They appreciate the fact that you are alive, and then you, then you you know you do your Zen garden, then you sit down, you think about life, you go to bed, you do the same thing again. Whereas bowling is just sounds like a lot of effort. <laughs> <laughs> bowling is stepping up to the line, throwing the ball down the thing, waiting for it to come back, doing it again doing it again so you but so what are you saying that bowling isn't zen or no, i'm it saying is? it is zen that's what yeah yeah i'm just thinking because it's it, stepping it's, up and that sounds the simplest way to approach like a, a zen mindset is to turn off all thoughts when the thoughts approach say to yourself this is a thought this is a passing thought and then they say thoughts you, like clouds you know, if you do that yeah. enough times then eventually you'll be able to just not have the thoughts yeah. Whereas like bowling is like you knock the pin down, it comes back up. This is the pin, the pin comes back up. It has to be knocked down in order for me to win this game. Knock the pin down, knock the pin down, knock the pin down. But then that's that difference from Zen though, don't it? Because if you say an event, well, there's not like bowling going to stop, is it? You know, like well, knock down the final pin or that's no that's, more bowling. Again, that's it though. The thing about Zen is it's it's about it is, the, well, it is yeah, it's yeah, about yeah, the quest. Yeah. It's yeah. not about the achievement of. It's just it really it's just like about bowling. finding something to do with your time. Yeah, like yeah. bowling, which is like the American pastime of what are we going to do? There's nothing to do in this small town. I don't know. Let's go bowling. Yeah, yeah. Which is why Walt's answer to everything, every, every time something fucks up, like the um, the rolling out the vehicle to double back and get the money, the ashes in Donnie's face, his response to those colossal, colossal fuck-ups is, fuck it, dude, let's go bowling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is what I was saying, oh, well, that fucked up. Let's try it again. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's that's the whole film summed up. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening. Thanks, that's right, yeah. I thought that was. A, that was a... Have you ever seen a film that's like influenced your daily life as much, or like influenced the way you look at things? What would you say has that ever happened to you? Um, um, probably, probably quite a few. I don't know. It's in your daily life thing. I'm probably more. Um. Big Lebowski's definitely done it for me. I've done it for you. You're making a podcast about oh, it. Well, yeah, apart it's... from that, it's just like the whole <laughs> the, the whatever. Wouldn't that's your like opinion. Thing had a had a big influence on me, but that was probably the age I watched it because that was what, about fourteen, fifteen, mm. and I watched with Neil and it made me want to become an actor, which is strange because they're actors in the film, but it did it doesn't glamorize that shit it at all. Doesn't does glamorize it? it at all. No, he goes, "You want to become an actor? It's awful." And you go, "Yeah, sign me up." Where do we... <laughs> well, of course I will. Um, so then maybe that did taxi driver as well that, taxi yeah. driver influenced your life that probably in a, in a weird <laughs> weird way but that was probably what made me want to become a filmmaker ah, um, well, that's a different thing. as opposed to a taxi driver yeah. um, you know I had plans to be a filmmaker once on did, my, did you <laughs> my story how long is this going to take my, my oh. influence uh, my influence story is different though because the first time I saw Brazil I was like oh I can't do that well, and then I changed my mind about what I wanted to do that was what stopped you once to be a filmmaker yeah, it was Brazil yeah because it was that good I was like shit in hell where did this come from what minds mind that but I like the story and then I started focusing on stories and things more and I was like I like this idea and I started doing that well it's I was going to say it's an interesting story it's not really but no. <laughs> <laughs> but no I mean that's it's strange well it kind of makes sense I suppose that a film would make you kind of go alright so I don't want to be a filmmaker anymore but it, it, I think it's always be once as opposed to 
whether you think you're capable of doing something or you're expressing it. I mean, Brazil's on a film, I'm particularly, it's, it's alright. Um, I understand it's a very um, kind of far out film and kind of the way it's made and stuff. Right, so again, and, we're saying, but it's about the time when you watch these things and what your influences are and what you think you're going to do with your life. At the time I was younger, studying the art of cinema, only because I had to do something and you need to get paid by the government. Well, <laughs> well, there you go, because you go, well, you know, you should never look at these things uh, as, as happen to do. You know, if you enjoy mm-hmm. watching awful films, as, as you Which do. I do. Um, if you, you know, if you enjoy watching awful films, that's great. It's, I think it's, I always think that's a slightly misnomer for for younger people to kind of you know if you watch X Men or whatever um, and and to go oh, you know you can direct them one day you go that's a very very hard thing to get into you could certainly work on it you could certainly work on you know but I think aspiring to go all right I so one day I want to direct Spider Man or X Men it's a very hard thing to do but uh, you know yeah maybe maybe it's because the lack of ownership over the material I think like you know that's certainly not to say well, someone, so the film you can't make your own film we yeah yeah it's that you know what I mean whoever makes these big films you know they're not making it by themselves but you know if you're making a, you know a quote unquote art house kind of film or something that's that more artistically led you can kind of go well it will be you picks the shots and it will be you does that and you know you can do some wonders with technology you know Liam so you, you never know you could maybe make a Brazil on a computer yeah, but one day having then decided I want to get into writing and still watching films and seeing things like The Big Lebowski and realising that oh yeah like the idea oh, wait, you actually just... changed your idea on this and now you want to be a filmmaker <laughs> no no because the idea of The Big Lebowski is just he's, the dude's just going about his life like he 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 enjoys bowling so he tries to do that as much as he can the rest of it is just like yeah whatever which is what I do yeah yeah it's about the um me too without the bowling and stuff like that but you know it's it's that kind of um, I think there's one there's a certain repetition to life which I think people find naturally I think mm-hmm. it's it's impossible to avoid in life that I think the only way to do a different thing every day would be like, even if you kind of walk the earth and you were kind of oh, you're homeless I suppose that would be the only way I think you could do something completely different every day but that just sounds that wouldn't be worth a hassle <laughs> but you know I think for 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 most of the people in society I think it's the, a repetition just comes into things and I think repetition is needed and um, you know for you you've watched the film numerous times though, so that's, that's repetition uh, in some well yeah we're getting into the uh, the meta aspects of this and we the should meta talk about aspects the, the, well, let's, let's, the let's cinematic aspects okay. of it yeah let's, let's wind that back uh, in terms of Coen Brothers films yeah. I don't think this fits in the mould as much as the most of them because I think it does. I think there's been a, a, a kind of um, a break almost in the Coen. I think the early Coen Brothers films. I think the first probably four or five. I think this. I think they have a certain feel to them, and I think now from the Big Lebowski, Fargo, mm-hmm. um, um, oh, oh, um, I think films like that they just took on a different. Um, a different kind of path, I suppose, or the different, the, the look different, the, the characters are different, and not as dark, there's dark stuff in them, but they're mm. not as dark as the earlier films was, I think Fargo was still quite dark, um, but yeah, so I think they've kind of, they've changed in that way, but I, I think the Coen, the Coen Brothers fit into that really good thing, where it's, they can be appreciated by people who go, oh well, you know, I'm like weird, films <laughs> or people who go well no I like mainstream films I think the Coen Brothers fit into either of those things that's true well yeah, they that, just need the money true. to make those films 
that that that's also true. But you know, it's like William Burroughs once said in a book that I kind of read. <laughs> <laughs> it's called My Education: A Book of Dreams, and he says the answer to any question will come when you wipe away the concept of questions and think only answers. Whoa! So you know, don't think about money and stuff. Don't just think with the next step. Everything's done day by day, step by step. Knock the pins down. There you go, ball, ball, okay, ball, that, ball. Brought that right back around. Brought that right back around again. So before we get out of here, though, I just want to ask your opinion on Donny. What do you think the point of Donny is? Kind of difference uh, throughout watching it. For one bit, I thought maybe he's meant to be the kind of wife or that kind of American wife based on what John Goodman's character is like, because he's he's kind of almost he's all. He's always quite right and quite nice, and mm-hmm. but he's always shouted down. And it's only at that end when he's kind of um, when Goblin's a bit more nice to him. Interesting. But it's, it's a weird kind of it's a weird character because he's he's so pivotal to the story in the way that his death is so weird and unexpected, and is because I think I first watched the Big Lebowski. I mean, it's about twenty. Is it twenty years old, something like that? Yeah, over twenty now. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I must have watched it when I was seventeen, eighteen, something like that. Maybe a little bit older, but um, and that's I think the scenes that are most memorable from watching at that age with the scene where they throw away the ashes and it flows back. Hmm. That's really memorable. So I think in that way, I mean they're also memorable because John Goodman's so good in because I think because Steve Buscemi hardly does any in the very no. very minimal scenes and it's really sold on how needlessly angry <laughs> John Goodman is towards him. So yeah, I think he's I think he's, he's great in it. It's an interesting character. I think, as with all these kind of things, I think it's the, the, the kind of, the smallest amount of information and the, the, almost minimal things where you kind of go, okay, that's the most interesting because you go if you want to understand it more and you want to know more, um, which is why I think why I think makes the dude such a good leading man, or leading character because he's more fleshed out you know that it's about kind of philosophy in some sense yeah. he's got these things like he likes to drink white Russians um, things. he's got all these that you can you can make a, a lead um, character from him whereas I think with Donnie um, you, you couldn't make a lead character but that, that's what you'd want to see something you'd else see there, there like because the dude like he's got even when he's not wearing the exact same clothes he's wearing something in the vein of like he's always wearing like his his gels or he's wearing his like his signature sweater but yeah. whereas Donny, he works, he wears bowling shirts with other people's names on. Oh, does he? Yeah. I did notice that at the end. Actually, the dude was wearing. Was he wearing one of Donny's bowling shirts? He's wearing uh, his yellow one with someone else's name on it as well. But it's, it's like, like Medina or something. Yeah. something like that. That's his his signature bowling shirt. Is that one that Donny wears two different ones with two different names on? Ah, I don't know, never yeah. noticed that. But that's that's certainly yeah. something to look out and look into. And Donny's the only one you actually see bowling as well. You don't oh, see yeah, the dude yeah. bowl. Yeah. Which suppose would you know? I think in those bowling scenes, it does whenever anyone else comes into it. I think a lot of the time it does feel like John Goodman is just there by himself. Like the scene when the woman comes over to him in the cafe and sells oh, yeah. music he's sitting there by himself. And he's sitting there by himself and he goes, "I'm staying. I'm finishing my coffee." So and he's he's just and but they're looking at him. Yeah, yeah, that's what it could mm. be. He's maybe the dude was the guy who died in Vietnam, and that's just his way of seeing. Maybe Donnie died in Vietnam. Maybe this is just a guy. Maybe, Maybe Donnie died in Vietnam. Maybe that's you know why he's I mean? so angry at him. Maybe like he died and it was his and it was Walter's fault. And yeah, he's, yeah. Like, he should have noticed because he have to have fight. That's, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's a bit conspiracy theorist. Well, I, but, no, know. I don't think it is. I think it's. I mean, conspiracy theory is a different thing. But I think with that, I think that's more about looking into something that's clearly there. You know, <laughs> <laughs> but you never know. But I, I, you know, it could be. I think if you're supposed to 
one of the Coen brothers. Or, if you or? if you say you've got to, you believe in that, then you've got to say there's some merit to like the it's Alice in Wonderland kind of thing as well. Oh no, God no! But yeah. maybe it could be, you know. Um, but I think with with the Big Lebowski, I think it's there, there could be a case for that. And I, I think not a case even in watching it because I think when you watch something and you see Steve Buscemi there and you see Jeff Bridges there, then you you go okay, this this is a happening. Whatever way you want to make of it is that is the film. Mm-hmm. But I think something you can look into. To pieces of cinema and go, okay. Well, maybe the case is even when you look at Goodman scenes, especially, and when you try and break down the etymology of it, which might be completely incorrect, also, um, and look at where the story might came from and stuff. I think you can do that and go, well, maybe these were, maybe the initial draft or the initial way of looking at it was to go, well, the, let's look who the guys he would have known in Vietnam because they're the guys who'd be on his team right. now. So maybe that's how it's kind of fleshed out. So you know, maybe. Oh, well, there but, you go. Hmm. Yeah, that that's answered the question of what. What, how would they what? know each other? Yeah. Like, what what put that team together? There was random people thrown together in Vietnam, yeah. which would have happened. Just, just guys in Vietnam who all ended up becoming friends. You know. It's, okay. All right. It's there's, just, there is a theory. Uh, I I think that's that's good. Let's let's leave it down. We're going to top that. Okay. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Some I good think. stuff there, man. That's yeah. fantastic. Well done. Are we, are well we still done, on? Yeah, we're I still on air, yeah, oh, because God, you know. Do you want to like plug anything? Tell people where they can watch the many films you've made. Or... Yeah, you can watch them online. It's just, just type in, <laughs> just type in online, and you'll get a load of my films. Just type Google into Google and see what happens. There you go, and you'll just yeah, just type in Adam Bird with a B A I R D, um, which I constantly have to say to the guys and Alexa people. Um, yeah, just type them in and find them. But if they wanted to, if they wanted to read all your... one word films. That's another thing I put all on YouTube. One word, all one, one word. word. There you go. Yeah. Another confusing thing. Or go on Twitter. If anyone listens to this on Twitter, <laughs> or something on Twitter. And we don't want to plug the online satirical newspaper you work for. I write for the Daily Mash, which is a, a comedy thing online. And there you <laughs> go, and they should read the articles you, you put read up the on articles, there, and they should click the like buttons on them, shouldn't they? Like you're, you're not great at this plugging thing, you know, man. Have I, you don't ever seen... about, I don't care about plugging stuff. I don't care about money. I'm, you know, I'm fairly zen. Oh, okay, you're <laughs> in the right place. I just care about the creation, man, you know what I mean? It's about, it's about creating stuff. And, uh, and yeah, you can also check me out on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that. Do all that. Do that. Press the button. Yeah. All right. Find me on this one. Uh, thank, thanks for finally coming over. Well, thank you. Done. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Thank you for harassing me. We'll get Mike me. on there. So, yeah, we we'll get Mike on next. And that will complete that story. And uh, <laughs> see you down the road. I'll, I'll see you at some point in the future. <laughs> I'll see if we finish this. Goodbye. Okay.